Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Jesko. Hey, Chet, another strange week in our sports lives, but the NFL gave us some things to talk about. Who would have thought Tom Brady would end up in Tampa Bay, of all places? The Eagles have gotten younger and thinner at some key positions, but Made another acquisition today. Most importantly, how is life in Chet's world with no sports? Well, I'm getting neither younger nor thinner, Bill. <laughs> Those adjectives you just used. Uh, I am surviving, still working my full-time radio job at, at the office, so not that much downtime here, really. But over the weekend, I did knock off a few things on my DVR, which was a great accomplishment. I actually did a little work outside on Sunday, believe it or not. The only thing is, while at home, I, I found myself eating more snacks. Is that why you decided to start walking more? It is. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. Two things. One is that. And two is I wear a Fitbit. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Fitbit, and it's noon, and you've gone like 700 steps. Uh-huh. Like, no. <laughs> no, we can't do this. We're not going to. We're not going to die on the vine right here eating snacks sitting on the sofa. So <laughs> I decided I needed to, uh, if nothing else, I got to get out and walk and do a little something productive during this time because we don't know when it's going to end. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's going to be at least a month the way it looks. So, uh, yeah, keep exercising, keep moving. You got to keep moving and you know stay healthy for when we do finally get back to normal. That's right. And uh, who knows what normal is going to be, Jed? I <laughs> yeah. think, uh, you know, from – from the sports standpoint, we're, we, when we get to our guest, uh, Fred Hugo, we're going to get to him shortly. He'll be joining us. But, you know, I want to ask Fred, too, uh, for, from a younger guy's perspective, you know, what is he seeing as normal now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are people really missing their sports or are they just moved on and they're doing other things? Or are they going to dive right back in? Uh, and, and what happens with these seasons and, and when do they get started? I think it, it's all going it, to – life is going to be different when we're through here. So what are we talking about tonight, Bill? Well, we're going to cover all those Eagles moves, as we said, with our good friend Fred Hugo. He'll be with us. We're going to talk some Sixers. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about our all-time favorite Sixers. Uh, We did the Eagles last week. We're going to do the same for the Sixers this week. And we're going to go with our top six. So that should be a lot of fun. And let me tell you, that was not an easy chore coming up with my favorites because uh, I've been a fan for so long and I've watched this team for 50 years. So a lot of favorites for me to think about. Lots of great fun putting it together, though. Uh, And hey, Bill, before we bring Fred on, once again this week, we have to play our brand new theme song. (laughs) 
All right. You may proceed. <laughs> well, we are still uh, certainly keeping our distance. That's, that's for sure. But, hey, let's welcome uh, the very busy Fred Hugo back to the show. Fred, welcome. What's up, guys? Hey, Fred. I'm excited for this show. <laughs> it's going to be fun, you man. tell us, Fred. When you guys told me about this, the topics on this show, the topic for the show with the Sixers, ah, I'm so excited. As I was going through, like, writing players down and, you know, thinking what was the favorite, I realized how spoiled you older guys are with all the greats. <laughs> I, I had to deal with a bad, bad Sixers organization <laughs> for a, a long, well, long time. Yeah, we had some bad years too. Yeah, along yeah, with yeah, yeah, you got like you're, you're you're like you're 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 picking your Andrew Tony's probably on your honorable mention. I, I got geez. No, we we go back we go back to Wilt and uh, Luke Jackson and Billy Cunningham and Wally Jones and those guys. We are ancient, Fred. Yeah, I got like Jumaine Jones. Come on, <laughs> I hear you. All right, Fred. Wait, wait, before we get started talking about uh, about sports, tell us about what's going on in the in the Fred Hugo house. You've got a couple young kids, your wife. You got your job. You're doing your your sports stuff. How how are is it a functioning place or is it just uh, is life upside down for you? Life is kind of upside down. You know, we have to work from home now, so that's a lot different. And, you know, you lose, like, your certain pays there. It's all commission now, so that's a change. You can't really have people over because regardless of, you know, your opinion on the virus, you don't want to, like, take a chance. You know what I mean? There's no reason to take a chance. So, you know, it's, you know, my mom wanted to stop over Monday, and it's like, hey, mom, we're you, can, we, you can't. You know what I mean? Different things like that. So, it's definitely upside down, but I would say the power of the internet and the virtual aspect of it does make it a lot easier. I'm very grateful that we have that to even like communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. It's different times, that's for sure. Way, well, hey, let's talk about the Eagles uh, and the NFL free agency as a whole. Uh, Eagles are making some moves. They picked up what five? Is it five now? Defensive players, I believe. All I think all are on one-year deals. Uh, what do you guys make of that? I think the one-year deal, you know, signifies that they're still going to try to, you know, pick up some guys in the draft. And the one-year deals are basically, you know, one-year, exactly what they are, one-year deals. And they're trying to add speed to the defense because that's something we lack. And in a league with, you know, you could see elite receivers against us week after week. And they're not even not elite as far as talent, but just speed. It just felt like the one side of the ball – players were wide open and the other side they weren't so i really think they're trying to build both ways be able to compete next year with veteran players that are in the league but then at the same time we have a lot of picks coming up that i think they're going to back that up as well well fred the big names malcolm jenkins of course is gone but coming in defensive tackle javon hargrave uh germantown high alum will parks not i guess a huge name but darius slay i guess the bigger name he's uh, acquired in a trade with the lions what do these moves mean for the defense in 2020 it means we're gonna have better better players at, at all the positions you know darius slay is getting up there um he's coming statistically he's coming off a down year but when i did more research he kind of played with a bad hamstring all year so hopefully he's he's healthy he's he's a shutdown corner you know he if you, if you got a guy like him matched up against Amari Cooper or McLaurin or whoever you know you got a guy that you you can depend on I think he's has like 18 interceptions since 2016 16 something like that like a really high number 
He's a guy you can put out on an island, hopefully, because a lot of times that seemed to be the weakness defensively. Once you singled up one of our guys, they either got smoked for a touchdown. They, they, oh, they just got smoked for touchdowns. I mean, we made Dwayne Haskins look like Joe Montana. <laughs> so I think that's a huge move, and, and, and Darius Slay, is if you can get him, especially did you guys see how he worked out the contract? It's It only counts $4.3 million against the cap this year. Hmm. Yeah, and I think – uh, with today's move, I think altogether those two signings are only 5.6 against the cap. That's huge. It's wild, you know. You, you, and then you're still getting rid of aging veterans as well. It's really, you know, amazing how how I mean how he always does this in free agency. See though, he wows us and we get all excited. It's it's how can we build through the draft to see if we're going to contend for 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 year after year, you know. Well, yeah, for... I, I can tell you, I, I, I like the moves that they've made, and, and certainly they went for the defensive line, which they always do. They tried to build the, the Jim Schwartz defense around the defense uh, around the defensive line. Uh, so I, I'm excited about that. The corners I'm excited about. The Malcolm Jenkins deal was just one of those things. Again, we talked about this weeks ago. Which I think it was more about years than money. Uh, but we certainly have to address the offensive side of the football and uh, – Chad, what's your thinking as you sit here today? Uh, if the draft were tomorrow, you still think a wide receiver first? Yeah, I'm still thinking wide receiver first for sure. I don't know if they're going to stay at 21. There was a report today they might consider moving up if uh, you know they definitely want to get a particular guy. So I, I'd be okay with that. The problem is they haven't had a great track record in recent years with drafting wide receivers. I mean, Ortega Whiteside last year so far has not done anything. Uh, Aguilar gave us some moments, but not enough of them. He's gone now. Uh, before that, I guess it was Jordan Matthews, uh, a highly drafted wide receiver. So they've got to do better if they're going to make a wide receiver the number one pick this time around. Fred, what's your take? Do you think they're going wide out uh, on the first pick for sure? I don't know if it's for sure because you can get some wide receivers there in the second round like K.J. Hamler from Penn State, Denzel Mims from Baylor, and there's no guarantee that those top guys are are going to pan out. You know, if you look at the last, uh, I think, five years, there's the top three receivers picked. I mean, they don't really – they're all didn't really pan out. You know what I mean? So it's not a guarantee. I think if you have Grant Delpit there, that's someone you got to think about. He's a safety. He could fill right into that Malcolm Jenkins role. You know, I would consider trading back, actually, getting another second-round pick possibly or late first and drafting two wide receivers, you know, that way maybe. I think it all depends who's there, but I, I don't think it's a lock that it's a wide receiver. Well, it, that's going to be interesting because uh, they still have to get depth at the running back position. The offensive line actually has gotten a little bit thin with Vitae and Peters both gone. So they've certainly got some holes they got to fill in uh, – but they need an impact player. That wide receiver position, they can't depend on Deshaun Jackson to be the in- impact player for 16, 17 games. Um, that, that's not going to work, I don't think. They're, they're going to have to come up with something more offensively. But they still have Alshon Jeffrey. And, uh, and Fred, i got to ask you, then we'll jump over to Chet. Why is Alshon Jeffrey still here? The contract? <laughs> that's, that's about it. That's, Nobody wants it. I- well, that too. I mean, he's not still not a bad player, but now this is two places he's went, and he started to cause a stink with the quarterback. He did the same thing with Cutler, you know, and, and it's like he's still a good player. His last game, what do you have, eight catches for 130 yards? So he's a good two or three, but no one wants him for that money. So that that's why he's here. I think they're going to end up, 
you know, releasing him unless, you know, I can see Carson being the type of guy he is coming in and being like, hey, we'll work this out. Don't worry about it. And I, I've been thinking the last few days, if they haven't cut him by now, is is he is Carson in the background saying, hey, now nah, we're good. We'll work it out because he seems like that type of guy. Yeah, but he's still, uh, you know, recovering from an injury, too, which complicates things. I know there were some stories in the last True. couple of days, which I haven't read uh, yet. I just saw the headlines, Ruben Frank and somebody else. Uh, the, the one headline was, why is Alshon Jeffrey still on the team? I didn't get to read it. So, yeah, it's got to be something to do with, you know, the fact that he is still under contract and it would be a huge cap hit if they did cut him. But I just can't imagine him back on the field playing with the Eagles in uh, the fall of 2020. And I, I'd like to see him gone. I want to see a healthy Deshaun Jackson. I want to see them draft somebody either in the first or second round who can actually play. Maybe Ortega Whiteside will surprise us and uh, you know show us that he really does have some talent and can play. Um, I just don't want to see Jeffrey on the team this year. No, I don't either. And uh, you know, I think there's too many backstories. If, if if half of what we've heard is true about the backstories, he needs to go. Um, you know, you write it off. saying money is money, and, and cap hits are probably more important than the money, but. You know, uh, they've they've got to they've got to have a, a happy locker room uh, to some degree, and and you can't have a guy that you know is a bad egg and he's and he's there. That they got to make a move. They got to make that right. Agreed. Hey, let's move on, uh, Chad. Let's let's find out what's going on over at the Irish Rover Station House. Then we'll jump over and we'll talk about Sixers. Sounds like a plan. Um, everybody in the greater Philly area, Bill, knows the situation with restaurants right now during this unprecedented pandemic. It's a challenging time for all of them, and that includes our friends at the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn. Like several others in the area, they've decided now to close up for the next few weeks until we get past this rough patch. I can't wait till everything gets back to relative normal, and I'm sitting on the Rover's outside patio enjoying one or two or three of their 24-on-tap beers. On a side note, I was actually their final customer on Sunday. Picked up a couple of orders of boneless wings, smoky barbecue, and sweet and spicy, if you're wondering. And they were delicious. So to everybody through over, hang in there. Chris, Tracy, Taylor, and the rest of the gang. I can't wait to see all of you there again before long. And now, since we're about to get our fun Sixers chat going, we need a little fun Sixers music. Fred, uh, I wanted to ask you before we get started with this, uh, you know, as your season ticket holder, uh, what are your thoughts about the season right now? Short training camp, exhibition games, and the regular season. Uh, what, what's your preference as we sit here? And, and we're probably looking at, you know, probably two or three, four, five more weeks. Um, I would say at this point, you know, just roll it right into the playoffs, maybe get a few, like, you know, exhibition, I guess you would say, or practices, scrimmages, that type of deal to get yourself going. I would hope the players are handling themselves, but it's kind of hard when you're stuck in the house too. But um, that'd be my preference as far as going forward. And then as a season ticket holder, I'm, I could be, I'm frustrated with that whole situation, but I would say they'll probably, you know, give the credit your tickets to next year or give you a refund on what was there, you know. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Ho- well, they're going to hold. They're going to hold your money. <laughs> I'm hoping if they do resume I things, opt out, Bill. Which, uh, you which will I'm not opt out. You will not opt out, Fred. You know it. Come on. After 
after the stunt they just pulled with the employees. Oh, yeah. Not that yeah. I didn't know that, that they were like that anyway, because the only thing I liked about the process was Hinky. I never really liked the ownership. So, you know, I'm very frustrated with that. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm strongly considering it because they, they jacked the prices up. And then they're going to do that to the employees too. That's just you know what I'm, I'm I've had it. I'll yeah, root for them. But for for those I'm, who don't know, they it. were going to cut the salaries of all the Sixers employees uh, by twenty percent. And then a lot of people complained. Some Sixers kicked in money. Some of the players, you know, to help everybody affected by all of this. And then uh, the Sixers brass said, "Ah, uh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be doing this." And they reversed course. But you got like three millionaires, billionaires, you know, among the ownership. And they want to cut the you know the little people's salary by twenty percent, just not right. So they did make it right, but it might be too little, too late. Does does anybody really like Josh Harris? I mean, he just doesn't seem to warm up to anybody. He just seems like I don't know some kind of curmudgeon who who's not very likable. Some rich guy. Well, yeah. When he when he bought the team, you you knew he he was an investor. You knew he was buying low to eventually sell high. Right. I think as the pro- as it went through, he decided, hey, I want to keep them. This is a little bit more fun, you know. But for them to like, if they were say the Atlanta Hawks, who didn't get revenue, you know what I'm saying? And I could understand that happening. But for a team that that jacked up prices has sold out multiple like game after game after game, they've generated a ton of revenue on top of the money they've already had for games that haven't been played. So it that's what drives me a little crazier and then it takes a twitter fan base to just attack them and then joel Embiid coming up with five hundred thousand of his own not right. that he's not rich but your employees shouldn't be picking up your end of the stick you know what i mean exactly You're the so it's all absolutely frustrating. Well, it's going to be fun to watch that, Fred, because uh, you're the first one that I've heard actually say that, but I know a lot of people are thinking it. And when depending on how this all plays out, I think there's going to be a whole lot more of you doing exactly what you're talking about. Hmm. Yeah, then the one other thing, Ben Simmons took all Sixer stuff out of his profiles. Oh, he really? He drive the players out because they're embarrassed too. Like, how embarrassing is it? Yeah. Well... I'm with you. Hey, let, all right. Well, hey, let's get on to some fun stuff. We got. Uh, we're going to take the time to pick our six favorite all-time Sixers to watch play. So, just to clarify, that doesn't have to be the best guys. It's just the guys we had the most fun watching. Um, and, and Chet, I'm not sure why we had to have a six man unless you've got Billy Cunningham or Bobby Jones automatically plugged in. But we're going to start out with a few honorable mentions, and then we'll go number six. Chet, you'll go first, then Fred, then me, then we'll go to number five and so on right down the list. So, Chet, you have it. Who is your honorable mentions and your number six? Well, first let me say this. I went with six for two reasons. Yes, it gives us all an opportunity to have a sixth man in addition to our fave five. Plus, Bill, the name of the team is the Sixers, so I just thought it made sense to go with Six in this case. So well, I'm glad we didn't do seventy six. That, that's good. <laughs> that would take a while. <laughs> now, before I get before I get to my six, I'm going to tell you that uh, my four honorable mentions are as follows. And this is the honest to god truth. T.J. McConnell makes the list. Loved watching him play the last few years. Just you know, so much energy and a, a nice guy, fun guy. T.J.'s on my list of honorable mentions. Joel Embiid, who I'm sure will not make Bill's list of six or 10. 
Uh, Andrew Tony or seventy or seventy six. Ah, oh, man, you're you're tough. Andrew Tony was it was tough to cut the Boston Strangler. I know he did not make the top six, but he is an honorable mention. And believe it or not, Alan Iverson he did not make my top six, but he was my first cut. So AI gets an honorable mention. You guys want to give yours before we get to the top six? Go ahead, Fred. All right, I'm going to start with mine. I'm going to go um, and rem- remember with me my. You know, knowledge of the Sixers yes. goes to about, like, 93, I would say, is when it started. You know yeah, we get it, Fred. You're younger. You're on. younger than us. Okay, Fred, we get yeah, it. I just want to make it clear <laughs> when people are like, is this guy serious? We're not naming some great. So, I know. Um, so, honorable mention, I'm going to go uh, for, for last honorable mention, I guess you would say, Ben Simmons. Okay, I appreciate what he brings on the court every night. He's very fun to watch. One of the best players I've, I've seen, athletes on, in the city. Um, next, I'm going Kyle Korver. It was a joy to watch him when he's here, stepping in the threes and just knocking them down and zoom off, you know, going wild. Uh, Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. did everything while he was here. Um, he was the one closest thing to a star after Iverson, in my opinion. And then Andre Miller, who we – he was a point guard. We traded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we acquired for Allen Iverson from Denver. He was just – your point guard's point guard. He played the game the right way. He hustled, knocked down open shots, and he was just a joy to watch. Good choices. Kyle almost made my list. All right, Bill, your honorable mentions. All right. I'm going to surprise you with this one, uh, Chad, especially you, but I'm going to make my honorable mention because I only saw him ever play one time live ever. I'm going to put Will Chamberlain as an honorable mention. Not that he wasn't the best player. We know he was the best player. But I only ever saw him play live one time. So I have slid him to my honorable mention spot. No mm. slight to Will. Next up, Fred Bad Dog Carter. 20 points per game mm. a couple years in a row playing for the worst team in basketball history. <laughs> and Doggy Carter was a good player. So I've got him. I've got uh, Steve Mix. Steve Mix, another guy who was a good player on some horrible teams. Um but he could he could hit that left-handed shot. So I've got him. I added uh, Bobby Jones because Bobby Jones is Bobby Jones. He's a Hall of Famer. Andrew Tony also made my honorable mention, and then I added one more, and that was Billy Cunningham, uh, another great player and a Hall of Famer as well. That's my honorable mention. Well, let me just say, Freddie Carter and Steve Mix and Bobby Jones were all. Uh, final cuts for me among the honorable mentions. And, yeah, I go back a long time, too. So I watched Freddie during all those bad years in the early 70s, and I loved the mixer as both a player and an announcer. Yep, there you go. Great name, that Fred Carter. Yeah, Freddie Mad Dog Carter. Mad Dog. Okay, Chet, you're up with number six. My number six, he is... All these years later, still the Sixers' all-time leading scorer in terms of total points, a 10-time All-Star and a Hall of Famer whose number 15 is retired and hanging up in the rafters, my sixth favorite Sixer of all time, the late, great Hal Greer. My number six was part of the 2001 team until about the All-Star break when they traded him for the the campaign Matumbo, Theo Ratliff. Mm-hmm. I was devastated in high school when they traded him. I knew Matumbo was a good player, but Ratliff was just awesome. He averaged like three blocks a game, a double-double game, I think. Um, I just loved watching him every night, the way he played the game. He just hustled. He was a scrapper, and, and he, he was just dominant for me as a kid. Uh, number six, Theo Ratliff. Bill? 
All right. My, my number six doesn't require much explanation other than the Hall of Fame. The round mound of rebound. Charles Barkley is my number six. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Chet, number five. Let's do it. If I were smart, I would have made this guy number six instead of number five because he was a terrific sixth man and one of my favorite guys to watch in the late 60s and early 70s when I first started watching basketball. He left the Sixers to go to the ABA, but then he came back to Philly. Billy the Kid averaged 20.8 points and 10.1 rebounds during his Sixers career, and of course he later coached them to the 83 title. The great Billy Cunningham is my number five. Good pick. Fred. My, my number five is a Temple alum and the only person from the 0-1 Sixers that could really contribute scoring outside of Allen Iverson, currently head coach of Temple, Aaron McKee. Wow. Good player. All right. My fifth, Chet, you've already covered him, so I won't say anything more. Uh, the all-time leading scorer in Sixers history, Hall of Fame, Hal Greer is my number five. Uh-huh. Okay. Number four. My number four is the guy who, in 1983, and you notice I said number four, he famously said, foe, foe, foe. He was a warrior in the paint, great offensive rebounder. In fact, he's the leading offensive rebounder of all time. Averaged 21 points and 12 rebounds as a sixer. He was a a double-double machine in terms of average every year. And the guy who put them over the top in that 82-83 championship season, number two, Oh, you know what? I got, I think, Dave Zinkoff saying it. So let's go to Dave Zinkoff for this Malo. particular play. Pittsburgh High School on Virginia, number two, Moses Mello. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the best, the Zink. Fred. Go That's ahead, great. Fred. <laughs> uh, my number four is, uh, I was always a fan of centers, and I like that this is the closest thing that we have, the old school centers, even though he, he hangs out in the perimeter sometimes. Joel, the process, Embiid. Ooh. Hey, Fred, I got to ask you, uh, speaking of Zinkoff and Malone, you never heard that. It just ran through my head that you're the same age as my son, and you never saw Moses Malone as a sixer, and you probably did, never heard as Dave Zinkoff. No, I, I mean, I, I've heard that announcement before, though, so I must have watched like a YouTube video or yeah. something, but I didn't know who Dave Zinkoff was, and no, I never – Never got to see Moses. A lot of these guys are named, and I never got to see. I know they're greats, but I never watched them play. Well, Dave Zinkoff, he died. Dave Zinkoff died on Christmas Day of 1985. So, yeah, Fred would certainly not know him. But, uh, yeah, they have played some of his stuff. And uh, Joe Conklin does a great Dave Zinkoff impression. So, uh, yeah, the great Zinkoff. Hey, I was uh, 10 months old. I know. So There you go. Well, you know when you turn into the the arena, you turn on Dave Zinkoff Drive. Correct. You know that. Number four, Bill. Ah. Yep. That's him. Number there four. There you go. Who you got, Bill? Fourth for me is a guy that you guys have already mentioned, I think, but uh, you knew what you were going to get every night, and that was full tilt every night. And at about five foot nine or five foot ten or whatever, he actually lied about. Uh, Allen Iverson was a great player that I enjoyed watching, not because he was a great scorer as much as just because he was all out every night. Loved watching him play, Mm -hmm. Allen Iverson. There you go.
All right, let's move on to our top three. Number three for me, man, I loved watching this one in the 1980s. Wish he could have stuck around, but he did go on to win an MVP elsewhere, though he never did get the title he wanted. As a sixer, he averaged 23.3 points and 11.6 rebounds. Yeah, you mentioned him, Bill. The round mound of rebound, Charles Barkley is my third favorite. Cool, cool. I never I never got to really see him. I, all I remember him is on the Suns. That's when my, my knowledge yeah. goes back. Yep. Um, but my number three, and a quick story, one of my teachers or a friend when I was little had his shoe, and I forget the size, but it had to be like, I don't know, 15 feet, something crazy, um, and, and it was autographed that I was enamored. And Mark Zumoff, I always remember him going, the spoon, Clarence Weatherspoon is number three for me. <laughs> wow. There okay, you go. Hey, Chad, I'm going to surprise you with my final three, how these are going to play out. Okay. But, so I'm just going to give you a heads up. But my number three, you already mentioned him. Nobody did it like Moses Malone. Uh, we don't win a championship without Malone. If you want to play Zinc again, I'm good with that. Moses Malone is my number three. Okay. Uh, number two for me, I remember how excited Sixers fans were when the team acquired his services in 1976. So exciting to watch him soar through the air. He had the Afro his first few years. Many highlight film dunks. He averaged 22 points a game as a Sixer. Another guy that's before Fred's time. He won a title finally in 1983. Well, let's take it away again, Dave Zinkoff. University of Massachusetts, number six, Julius. <laughs> Dr. J, number two. Classic. Ah, oh, that is a classic. Pretty. See, and all my guys are like average to above average players. <laughs> I just had to root for every night. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. All right, and this guy's going to blow your guys' mind because he almost challenged for one, but it, it goes back to probably my first favorite Sixer ever. Um, he was only with the Sixers for two years, and I remember being a kid, and whenever they would do, like, the top tens, the Sixers were never on it, like, never. Yeah. And one time, Dana Barrows <laughs> caught a, uh, it was an inbound pass with .5 seconds left, he ran like off a pick and caught it in midair and got the shot off buzzer beater to win. Um, he is my number two. I loved him so much. He had he had a great year to one year. He was like an all star. He averaged like twenty something a game. Yeah. Um, and it was at the spectrum too. So it it was really cool the way the way I uh, saw it. Great three point shooter. You got uh, it, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jet. Uh, surprisingly, me and you were on the exact same page with our number twos. I also had the doctor at number two. Very nice. I don't know who your number one is now, so that's going to be interesting. All right. Are we ready for our number one? Yes. Let's, let's do it. Okay. Or anything? And, yeah, Fred, as you mentioned, because Bill and I are geezers, we had the privilege of seeing the greatest sixer of all time still in his prime. I told the story before about seeing him one time live. That was November of 67, the fall after they won the NBA title, and it happened to be the night at the brand-new Spectrum that Wilt decided not to take a single shot the whole game. I forgave him because he was just so great to watch otherwise during my youth when I learned to love basketball in the mid-60s. Everyone has seen his stats, the 100-point game, the average 27.6 points, and nearly 24 rebounds per game during his time with the Sixers. He even led the league in assists one year. I'm talking, of course, Wilt Chamberlain. I do remember him because I started watching ball when I was like seven years old. I watched him as a Sixer for three years, and then he, of course, went to the Lakers. Wilt Chamberlain, my favorite 76er. Nice. 
And then mine. He was drafted when I was 11 years old, a six-foot guard from Georgetown. It was a pleasure to be able to see him live in person and come home after school and, you know, on school nights, stay up late and watch him night after night. Number three, Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, who you got, go man? With him. Well, so my surprise pick, Chet, for you, man, and Fred, you probably are never going to have heard of this guy. Uh-oh. But before the doctor operated in Philadelphia, one guy came into town and put this whole organization on his back and started building the program until the doctor came along, and then they couldn't coexist. I know who you mean. Uh, averaged over, over 20 points a game, over 12 rebounds a game, over 11 rebounds a game as a sixer for just three seasons. But George McGinnis wow. was as fun to me to watch as anybody. To the point, Chet, I wore number 30 <laughs> in high school basketball. And I wore number 30 in high school baseball my senior year because I was a George McGinnis fan. As a matter of fact, I have his autographed picture hanging up right here in the press box. Well, Bill, you shocked me with that one. I never would have guessed that. I, I liked George, but no, he did not make my list. He would not be in my top 20. Good player, though. Hey, let me tell you, we put this on Facebook, and seven fans checked in, and I totaled them all up. All seven fans had Dr. J on their list. Six out of the seven had Allen Iverson on their list. Charles Barkley was named five times. Wilt, four times. Moses Malone and Mo Cheeks, three apiece. Andrew Tony and Hal Greer, twice each, and Bobby Jones, Billy Cunningham, and Luke Jackson, once each in terms of fan well, votes. Just remember, Julius would not have come to Philly if George wasn't here. And then they couldn't coexist when yeah. it was all said and done. Yep. Those hey, were the Phil, days. Actually, I do. I, my dad liked George McGinnis, and he told me all about him. So I knew, I knew George McGinnis. I know that I watched him play or anything, but I was aware of him. And he loved George, too. So you pro- you guys probably threw a couple back talking about him on a given you, night. You know it. You know it. Your dad knew why I was wearing that number 30. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Hey, that was fun. Very good. Hey, some great names thrown around for sure. And, uh, hey, Chet, next week you and I, and we'll see who our guest is. Maybe we'll put a Flyers or a Phillies list together next week. What do you think? I think we should. I think maybe Phillies based on uh, who I think our guest is going to be. So we'll do some baseball, and uh, maybe we'll do a Phillies list next week, Bill. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to need nine for that or what? Ooh, that's going to be tough. <laughs> that is going to be tough. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Fred, we appreciate you joining us again, taking time from your very busy schedule. Let the listeners know where you, they can find you, what you have going on, because I know you still have all kinds of things going on, even in the uh, in the drought we're in. Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Facebook, Fred Hugo, Instagram, at Fred Hugo underscore, and uh, on Edge of Philly, um, their Facebook as well. And tonight, thanks to you guys, partially, um, we have a huge show at 9.30 on Facebook Live. We are going to have the great Ray Dittinger, Ooh. as well as the Eagles' newest safety, Will Parks, um, to be interviewed. So that's wow. one who, uh, I'm going to plug to check out. So it should, should be a good one. Give Ray good, our how, best. How can uh, everybody listen to that, Fred? Just go to Face, Edge, of Philly, Edge of Philly's Facebook right on there, Edge of Philly, or my Facebook, because I'll share it all out. So Fred Hugo or Edge of Philly. All right. Say hi to Ray. All right, Fred. Boy, hey, appreciate you coming by, and uh, let's do it again. Had fun. Thanks, guys. I'll see you. Thanks, Fred. All right. 
Well, hey, Chad, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you, Allstate Insurance at Westchester, PA. Yes, indeed, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoy, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Again, that number, 610-430-0700. Dave is a super guy. And, Bill, on a totally unrelated note, we say, rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. You got no Yes, sir, Bill. Yeah, no doubt about it. You can sit here and just play the whole album for an hour and be fine with me. Nothing but uh, nothing but good stuff came Legend. out of Kenny Rogers. Legend. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. All right. Hey, it's time for week seven of Random Q2. Tell the listeners how this works, Chet. Let's do it. And uh, we don't want to miss this. That's for sure. We don't, we don't need no <laughs> coronavirus to take away Random Q2. You got it, Bill. We are uh, approaching the 70% mark here. Uh, week seven of year four of Random Q2. And you know the deal now. Random Q2, this little 10-week series we've been doing every year at wintertime. Uh, we're over two minutes or so each week. I hit Bill with two questions, one about a sports topic, something timely, which is kind of tough right now, but we pulled it off. The second question is always one of ten random questions that have already been written down about whatever weeks ago. Bill picks a number from one to ten each week for that one. That's all there is to it. So here we go, Bill. This week's first question with sports action pretty much completely halted for the time being, various networks and channels have been showing a lot of classic games. Have you been watching any of these old classic games? Why or why not? Well, uh, I have to tell you, I have not been watching them. Uh, but what I do have to confess is I have been, as my, my son Chris calls it, a wormhole. I have been in a YouTube wormhole looking at all kinds of sports stuff, just drill down, drill down, drill down, finding all kinds of different things to watch. So I haven't been watching formal games that these these uh, channels have been playing, but I've been watching old stuff, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I hear you. And uh, NBC Sports Philly has been playing some of the old classic games. I caught a little bit of the uh, alumni Flyers game from New Year's Eve, De- uh, December 31st. 2011, I guess it was, before they had the Winter Classic in Philly. Flyers and Rangers alumni when Bernie, you know, went in goal for the one final time and the Legion of Doom line was reunited. That was fun to watch some of that the other day. So, all right. For, no, I, I bet yeah, it was. I absolutely, bet it was. absolutely. For your second question, Bill, you know the deal. You pick a number, and we have just four left to choose from now. Your number's three, four, six, or nine. What will it be? Well, since we've been talking so much about Dr. J, we got to go with number six. Number six, Bill, it says, are you a better singer, dancer, or prankster? (laughs) I could be 0 for 3 there, but I would have to go, uh, given the choices, I would have to say prankster. A prankster. Well, speaking of singer, uh, uh, later on in the show, folks, Bill and I are going to do a medley of Elton John songs in honor of Elton's 73rd birthday today, so stick around for that. I don't think so. You, you know, the thing about it, Chet, is uh, I, I really enjoy music, and I actually enjoy singing music, but I can't sing. I couldn't <laughs> carry a note in the bucket. But 
I, I do enjoy it, and I do enjoy listening to music, but uh, but most of my singing is done by myself. You know I love music, and I can sing a little bit, but certainly not great. But, uh, man, I wish I could sing. And uh, so many Elton John songs. Do you have a favorite Elton John song? Um, uh, what's, what's it called? Uh, this song's for you. Yeah, your song. What's it, uh? Your song. Yep. Yep. That's yep. a good one. And yep. uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, a classic. And Candle in the Wind. I think, I, the, well, I think the very first one I, I ever remember from back in the day was Daniel. Yep. Daniel came out as a, as a hit way back, way, way back. And uh, so I, I like that as well. Early 70s. The Lion King song is a good song as well. That is Circle of Life. All right. Carry on, Bill. Yep. All right, Chet. Let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC. 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Can you way, feel Jeff, the love tonight, know. Bill? Can you feel the love tonight? That's the song, right? Oh. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to tell you that in the Raz Room, uh, there was a lucky winner of a Brian Dawkins Hall of Fame full-size helmet this week, just the other day. So nice. A lot of good stuff going out out there. You know, speaking of Brian Dawkins, um, when I was at the Eagles game in Tennessee, the fall of, I guess, 2018, um, I met this young lady named Jocelyn, and in fact, she worked for the Orlando Magic, and she's the one who helped us get in touch with Pat Williams, who we had on the show last year. Yeah. And she wow. is a huge Eagles fan who moved from this area down to Florida several years ago. And, you know, we're Facebook friends now and all that. And she, just the other day, um, met Brian Dawkins, who was her all-time favorite player. She met him for the first time because, you know, Brian is down in the Florida area somewhere much of the time. And they go to the same veterinarian. And because of the coronavirus, the vet is making people wait in their cars with their pets. And then they come outside and treat the animals outside. And she was down there with her pet. And Brian Dawkins was there in another car, and she saw him, and they did like a virtual hug and talked from like 10 feet away, and she posted a picture. <laughs> but it was a huge thrill for her, and uh, she got the this picture with Brian Dawkins, who's like, you know, eight feet away from her because of the whole social distancing thing. But it was pretty cool for her, and, uh, you know, she said what we all know, that Brian Dawkins is awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, you, and you know, another Brian Dawkins quick story, Chet. Did you know uh, one of your favorite players, Har Harold Carmichael, going to the Hall of Fame? Mm -hmm. Brian Dawkins already in the Hall of Fame. Do you know that they are both from Jacksonville Reigns High School? I knew they were from the same high school. I didn't know the name of it, but I knew they were both from Jacksonville. Yes. Jacksonville Reigns, powerhouse. There's a whole bunch of other guys that have played in the league that are from there. But uh, yeah. those two are Hall of Famers and both Eagles. How crazy is that? There you go. All right, uh, let's see. Oh, one other thing I want to throw at you before we talk about what we're going to do next week, Jet. Um, since we are sportsless, I didn't get to see a whole lot of this. I'm sure Denny Malloy did. 
Uh, did you watch any of the virtual NASCAR race this weekend? <laughs> no. I knew it was happening, but I had no interest in seeing it. I'm not a NASCAR fan, so whether it's real or virtual, no. Did not watch. It was it, it, The part I saw was pretty darn funny, pretty good. And then the follow-up of it, uh, you know, just, just so the, the people understand what happened, is they had all the NASCAR drivers driving virtual cars, driving their cars. Uh, in the race, I don't know who won because I didn't get to see the end of it. But uh, some of the follow-up videos of fans that put out uh, of them freaking out at TV screens <laughs> because of what was going on in the racetrack was just tremendous. Great, great stuff. Maybe we'll find out from Denny a little bit more because he probably watched it. But uh, I wanted to see if you if you did, and uh, I, I'm going to try to find it to watch it because it, it was pretty good. And speaking of Denny, today is Maryland Day. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it has something to do with Lord Baltimore or whatever. Today is Maryland Day. So if you're from Maryland, happy Maryland Day, everybody. Uh, who, who knew that? <laughs> cheesesteak Day the other day. Yeah, Cheesesteak Day knew? yesterday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Chet, uh, we had a lot of fun talking with Fred tonight. So what do we got going on next week? Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday? Because the show will go on. It is not finalized as yet, but we do have some special things planned for the next few weeks. Uh, next week, we hope to have a first-time visitor who is an old baseball guy. And he's going to have some stories for us because, oh man, he's been around for a long time. A lot of great baseball stories. We think it's going to happen next week. Just need to firm it up for sure, but it looks good, and uh, it's going to be fun. I promise you that. And, Bill, if I may, I want to, again, encourage our listeners to spread the word for us. We have, we think, a real good show here, and we want more folks to check us out. So not sure how you're out there listening to us right now, but we are available about 10 different ways. You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. Remember, it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts these days. Make sure you subscribe to the show called Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable. Feel free to give us a wonderful five-star rating on there, too, and say some nice things about us while you're at it. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Bullhorn, Player FM, Spotify, and the TuneIn app. Pick any one of those, and please tell your friends and check us out every week. Very good. Absolutely. We can always use more listeners. Never hurts. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're going to cut it a little short tonight, Jet. so how about a parting shot for you? <laughs> well, this has nothing to do with sports, Bill, because, well, frankly, like we said, there's not a whole lot happening in the sports world right now, but it does have to do with food delivery and a strip club. As with restaurants around here, some are, <laughs> some are able to stay open during the pandemic if they offer either takeout food or delivery. Well, a strip club out in Oregon was originally going to close during this ordeal, but Then the owner of the club, the Lucky Devil Lounge, decided, for the heck of it, to offer food delivery with a couple of dancers handling each of the deliveries. You could even request specific dancers. They started doing this last week, and it's apparently been a big hit. Popular order items include chicken fingers and mini corn dogs. All dancers are driven and escorted by a security guard, and in addition to the price of the food, there is a $30 uh, service charge. Oh, they actually have named this service, I kid you not, Boober Eats. <laughs> so, you know, there's Uber Eats. This is Boober Eats. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's my parting shot. Okay. Okay. So, well, we got to go a little further with this just because we have to. You caught me off guard here. Yeah. So, for the $30, 
what do you get for the $30? I think they'll do a little dance for you, but they say there is no touching. So it's not like anything, you know, overly risque. It's not like, uh, you know, anything crazy. But you do, I guess, get a little dance like you might see at a strip club. But they do say, at least they say this in the story, no touching. Okay, so okay, I, I you you've got me, you got me on this. Okay, so you're in Oregon, yeah, probably maybe the same temperature or colder than it is in Philadelphia. Hmm. Uh, somebody going to walk up with a package of food onto your porch, drop their coat, and yeah, they have clothes on, but uh, but yeah. do some sort of dance on your porch. Come on, man. Yeah, and I there's actually a video. I can send you the link for it. There's actually a video. They do, you know, take their coat off, and uh, I don't know how much more, but they do have like their little, you know, bikini top thing on under there. So I don't know if they do it right on the porch or if they're allowed to go into the house. I didn't look into the story that deeply, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you, you got me on this one. I got to say, Boober eats. Woo-hoo. Ooh, that's okay. it that's all i got okay. let's wrap I'm, it up i'm gonna though. let that one go from here <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap it up let's thank tonight's special guest fred hugo our sponsors the irish rover station house bob sullivan's like your age.com ppcc 118 Raz room and dave lavoy of all state insurance in westchester for their continued support of the show for jim chesco this is bill Furman. we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll join philly press box radio next wednesday April 1st, and it's not going to be April Fool's, Chet, at 7 p.m. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, slash phillypressboxradio, or on all the podcast um, apps that Chet just mentioned. So high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Hopefully we get back to playing soon, and stay healthy. <laughs>